Hi again. Welcome to another episode of One Knows Too Many. I'm your host, Ebenice. And today, unlike the last two series on limitations, I'm going to just do something straightforward and I'm going to try and debunk the popular proverb that practice makes perfect. Today, I'm going to be talking about practicing. And so, yes. But before that, I cannot continue the episode. I cannot be doing this without you guys' loyal support, your following, your feedback. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm really glad I thought about doing this topic right after talking about limitations because if you look we, when we looked at limitations we talked about so many factors uh, preventing classical musicians so many external factors preventing classical musicians from excelling in their area of expertise we talked about uh, the way people look down upon the profession because of how certain musicians have carried themselves or how certain musicians carry themselves now we talked about how classical music in itself is losing its um the, the, the necessity to or the need to listen to classical music is is dwindling because of the because of technology and all of that we talked about limitations for singers we talked how pop r&b singing and the choral band choral classical music and band music conundrum we talked about all of that r&b pop singing versus classical music divide all of that good and i'm just glad that in the same so <laughs> fortunately i i happen to have a, a lot of time today uh, i don't know how that's going to be relevant to you guys listening but i'm recording right after recording so i'm just winging this episode and with no script and yes i i i feel very confident and i'm sure i remember exactly everything i'm going to talk about everything i'm supposed to talk about and so practicing does practice actually make perfect well practice in itself is is discipline is is the it's a step towards a vision you have right you cannot be a good musician or a good mathematician or a good accountant or a good anything sportsman anything without practice and rehearsal but with the popular saying practice makes perfect most people have a perception that when you practice and you practice hard enough you will be as good as a certain idealized or yes idealized version in your mind and i want to burst your bubble and tell you that you would not because idealized versions are fantastical you think about it and it motivates you that is how ideals work it's supposed to give you a sense of that that is the goal and i'm going to keep chasing it I'm going to keep chasing it. But what people keep forgetting is that when you shoot for the stars and you don't get there, you must have the moon to land back on so that you don't fall back to the earth. Right. So if 
practice doesn't make perfect, then what does practice do? Right. So as classical musicians, we are trained. I've mentioned this here before. We are given a strict regimen and we are given a strict method of how you're supposed to do things. From the onset of picking up the instruments, you practice for long. And I, I don't still get those who practice for eight, nine hours a day. Because if it's the piano, for example, you would end up straining your hand muscles and you, you develop hand injuries and posture injuries and all of that. And so it's even been advised that pianists and, and, and keyboardists reduce or limit their, their number of rehearsal hours in a day to about three to four with breaks between. And so this is something we can think about, but I would, I understand more than anybody because I didn't start out with, with, with a, a, like formal tuition, someone sitting me down to, you know, with a cane or something, some strict regimen, but I had to follow procedure. I had to follow a, a structure because it is tough. It is tough to get yourself to, to sit behind a piano and fidget with the keys when you're beginning and not get anything. Sometimes you may sit behind it three hours and you just be able to play uh, just like three measures or something. But that is progress. That is, that is a step towards, towards perfection. And people, people don't get this, so people give up. People feel like it's not, it's not for them or... They're not meant to be it. And we see this outside, outside classical music, outside all of that. The uh, football players, the, the attributes working out or, you know, practicing the most to being the most successful. But they are training injuries and they are training injuries that have ended careers. Imagine how those people felt, like, right? So I guess what I'm trying to say is that as a beginner, or not even as a beginner, as a keyboardist, let me start with the keyboard. So as a keyboardist, when you practice, or an instrumentalist, when you practice without any shadow or fixed regiment, you wouldn't be able to make up for it with many hours later or something because I, I, I've, seen, I've seen this too many times that, you know, I know I'm supposed to practice one hour or something every day and there's this day maybe I'm too swamped so like I do 10 minutes and I'm thinking of doing the next the 50 minutes, you know, spread it or put it some or some other day or something. That is not how it works. The brain needs to get accustomed to the regimen because the brain, the neurons, we, we call it neuron or neural plasticity, right? They form, um, the neurons bond or connect to each other based on a certain regimen you follow or based on a habit you pick up. It applies to addiction. It applies to those who train athletes, all of that. The more you do it, the more 
your brain rewires itself to get used to that structure. And so your brain will work better at making you better at that particular process. So keep up, keep a strict regimen. Keep, if it's one hour a day at noon or whenever during the day, let it be at that time. If it's dusk between five and eight every day that you are going to find time to rehearse your instrument, let it be that time. If it's going to be dawn, Anytime, let it be a fixed part of the day that you rehearse when you are starting out. And understandably, things would get difficult and things would get tough. And so you would you your your itinerary will change, your schedule will change, and you may have to move things around. Understandably so. But you shouldn't make a habit out of procrastinating or pushing your practice to the next day or piling them up with the perception that when you, you know, crunch three hours or five hours or seven hours of practice, then you get better, you'd injure yourself. Now, to my singers and to my choristers, we all know, we, we've all heard it that rehearsal is not the place where you come and learn songs, right? You don't come and familiarize yourself with songs as rehearsals. You need to have a clear idea of what you're going to sing, what you're going to rehearse before you come to the rehearsal so that things move faster, you know, all of those things. And so how do you, how do you fix your own personal rehearsal space before rehearsal period or the actual rehearsal time? You need to have a routine. If you want to take singing seriously, or you want to be a professional musician, a singer, a good vocalist, you have to be consistent. It won't come magically, and there is no such thing as talent does all, because talent doesn't make superstars. Hard work does. If you are talented and you are a superstar, then you are probably lucky, because hard work pays, not only talent. When you're talented, sure, it makes rehearsing easier. It makes you stress less. But either ways, effort has to be put. What do you do as a singer if you have, if you want to schedule your own routine? Mind your diet. Mind your, you know, I, I hear this joke all the time at my, at my parish that base choristers, you know, they hit the nose better when they drink the green bottles and they challenge some chilled water, then yeah, sing the bass down to come, that kind of thing. And the, the, the tenor one is, is just vulgar, so I'm just going to leave it there. But you see, it's, it's not necessarily true. It's not necessarily true. Bass singing, you see, bass, bass singing a part bass, you, you don't have a lot of notes in the high register, right? So you would mostly try and be, you'd be comfortable singing very low notes and singing in a low, in a low frequency and all of that. But chilled water doesn't necessarily mean that you produce that sound. It only means that your vocal cords are going to be relaxed. They are going to 
be less tensed or something. So I don't know. I'm not a bass singer. I don't know if it works. Or I don't know if it's a, it's the right um, way to go about things. But I just feel like if you think you have to sing bass, if you think you have to drink chilled water to sing bass well, and it's a problem. Because, eh, I mean, then what, sopranos have to drink hot water to sing soprano well. But that's just by the way. For all parts, if you need to, if you want to watch your diet, avoid eating spicy foods before you sing. Avoid drinking sodas before you sing. Avoid acidic stuff, fruits or foods before you sing. Because it would interrupt the process. It would, um, how do I recall it? It will make your vocal cords tense. Or it may even, in some cases, irritate your, your vocal cords. Right? And what you need to do, I've already mentioned you need to have a regimen. You need to have a process. And so when you wake up in the morning, and if it's the morning time that is your, your time to, you know, um, practice, drink some tea, like Lipton, right? Not a cold beverage like Milo. Lipton. Warm Lipton. It would suit your vocal region or your vocal cords. Drink fluids like water, sorry. Drink water, not necessarily too cold or too hot. Drink water and make an effort not to shout during the day. If you want to be an opera singer, do not use your... If you want to be a good singer, not even an opera singer, do not use your voice unnecessarily. Speak when you have to and keep your mouth shut most of the time. Because the more you talk, the more you stress and you strain your vocal cords. So matches, shouting, champions, those kind of things. Watching shouts and you know you have to sing the next day or you have to sing later that day. You would find yourself stressing or straining your vocal cords. And I know every chorister has experienced this before. Singing and you feel you feel that the, the vocal region, the throat region is so tense. Like it's very uncomfortable. And your voice can break. Your voice, you can you can just lose your voice for a while. I don't know if I've not really heard of it being permanent, but I know you can lose your voice for for like two weeks, three weeks. You'll not be able to sing if you continue to stress it for a very long time. It can just break and that's it. So that is that for singers. So I hope I have shed some light on why I think Practice doesn't make perfect, but practice makes you disciplined and puts your foot in front of the other, like one foot in front of the other towards becoming that singer you want to be. Because I don't think singers like Beyonce and Celine Dion are exactly where they want to be. Everybody looks up to someone like, I wish I could sing like this. Like, I legit heard Mariah Carey like talking about which singer did she even mention? She just idolized, is it Jay Hard or someone like just idolized her? Like, 
she she wishes she could hit those notes. And like nobody hits the note Mariah Carey hit. Nobody. But like she's so it's everybody has that idea of idealizing, you know, a particular something, that kind of thing. Like it's it's with everyone. So you won't reach that that apex of of perfection and prowess you're looking for. Someone would always have something to say about how you sing or how you play, and you just have to deal with it. But you have to take joy in the efforts you are putting in every day. Take those small wins. When if if you run a skill, right? And oh, I should have mentioned this. Yes. As for instrumentalist playing, you know, if I want to go into the details of how to rehearse, it's a, it's going to be a long thing. But for singers the very paramount thing i guess for both of them singers and instrumentalists run your skills do re mi fa so la ti do do ti la so fa mi re do run your skills run it in all of the keys in the minor keys in the major keys run arpeggios do mi so do those kind of things run all of those things every day make it a habit those who want to learn how to sing sofa that is a step when you run notes you run your skills you would have a sense your brain will register that notes in your head that this is how so is supposed to sound eh? so 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 far me far me redo tila your brain will just register it in your head and when you see so on paper, you just read so as it sounds per the key you are given. So to those of you who want to learn how to read sofa, practice, practice, practice. There's no blackboard or whiteboard teachable moments and then you get something in music set in stone. Everything in music is about practice and effort. It's an art and a science at the same time. Hone your craft. It's been a pleasure, as always. I am Urbanese, and this is One Note to Many. Rate, share, download, subscribe. Follow me on my socials, Twitter, Instagram, at The Urbanese, and give me feedback. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'll see you. Bye-bye.